the Heart First podcast with Alexandria J. This is the place I love to have juicy chats with entrepreneurs, misfits, game changers, and of course, my friends. We talk about life, business, love, career, mindset, health, wellness, and so much more. If you want to learn new ways of living, loving, leading, and earning, then stay tuned. my loves and welcome back to the heart first podcast my name is alexandria J, and as usual i am so freaking excited that you are here if you are tuning in today you are in for such a juicy episode where i am sitting down and having a really beautiful conversation with my kinesiologist and friend michelle malia now in this episode we are diving deep into anxiety we are having a conversation about what we believe anxiety is, and we are sharing really key practical strategies for you to get on top of your anxiety so it's no longer going to be ruling your life. I know so many people that struggle with anxiety, and I want to let you know that this was also once me. I was somebody who was crippled by anxiety, spiraling thoughts, and I honestly just couldn't function in my everyday life because I was so crippled by thoughts of the future or thoughts about what I had done or what people thought of me. And honestly, it was just the worst time ever. And so what I want to share with you in this episode is really key practical tools that you can take home today and action today to start to improve your anxiety. Now, as always, we always recommend reaching out to somebody if you are really struggling with anxiety, whether that be a coach, a kinesiologist, or a therapist slash psychologist, whatever you feel resonates the most with you. I work with my women in Untamed through this in a lot of depth, and you will see in this episode just how deep the work can go. But as Michelle mentions in this episode, just because there is really deep work that you can go for, it gets to be as simple as you want it to be. And there are really simple, substantial steps that you can take today to overcome anxiety. So without further ado, let's welcome Michelle. Hey, hey. So good to be here. I've actually started working with Michelle. She is my beautiful kinesiologist and she is like so amazing at what she does. Honestly, if you ever need a kinesiologist, <laughs> Michelle is your gal. Um, but yeah, how are you? I am, my engines have started, but this morning um, I was actually feeling quite tired. I was feeling a bit overwhelmed because I know I've got a big week ahead. And I could feel that if I didn't do some of my rituals and routines to one, feel my feelings and understand them. And then two, to regulate, then this whole week had the potential to start off on the wrong foot and just keep spilling into every other day. So now that I've given myself a little bit of regulation and a bit of time to recenter, I'm feeling pretty freaking good and pretty energized for the week that is to come. Ah, so beautiful. And such a good segue into this podcast because, um, something that we were just discussing before I hit record is I'm noticing with my clients at the moment, you know, a lot of them are experiencing very heightened anxiety and Mm -hmm. um, overwhelm and the same thing where it's like, you can have a bad mood on a Monday morning and it just trickles into your entire week. Um, 
So I would love to just like chat about in terms of like, what are your rituals? What do you do in the mornings? Mm -hmm. Um, I have a theory. If you win the morning, you win the day. And because I've I've actually struggled with mental health, anxiety, overwhelm, overthinking, um, obsessive thoughts for uh, my whole adult life. Um, the mornings were always really hard for me. So I've really found it hard to get out of bed because as soon as I'd open my eyes, all these thoughts would flood in and my body was really exhausted because I was in a huge um, cycle of burnout um, through a lot of my hairdressing career, which is what I did before I started doing this. And so cultivating a morning ritual, which changes daily, has really helped me to plug in to me before I go out into the day. And I like to say it like that um, because when once we're in the day, we're interfacing with so many different energies, people, tasks, noises, so many different stimulating um, stimulants, I guess, um, that if you're going into that without a sense of plugging into you, again, we're kind of left open to wherever those energies want to take us. So morning rituals that work for me that help me plug into myself or plug into my center are things like um, meditation and just short 10 to 15 minutes of meditation. Um, Visualizing how I want my day to go has been a really helpful, powerful tool. Drinking water, eating breakfast, you know, brushing my teeth, prepping myself, um, and even a little bit of movement where I can, even if it's something as simple as walking my dog and breathing in, consciously breathing in fresh air. Mm. Um, but I have a, a pretty big toolkit so that I can flow intuitively with what I feel like I need on the day um, and what I can also be bothered with or have the energy for rather than have this really rigid, it must look like this every day. Mm, for sure. Um, And something I want to share I did today that was a little bit different because I was feeling so exhausted. I was just talking to myself um, and sending, you know, light codes and words down into my body, things like you are energized, you are balanced. The I am has been known to be really powerful, but I find you are even more powerful for me personally. Mm. And I just kept flooding my body with that while I was walking the dog. You're energized, you're balanced, um, you are safe, you are stable. Yeah. And it helped. Beautiful. Um, And there's so many things already there that um, I work through with my clients as well, just in terms of what you just said there, building a toolkit and having having tools in your tool belt that you can constantly lean on. Um, And I'm really curious to know, what is your take on anxiety? Like, what's your perspective of it? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's going to be experienced a little bit different for each individual. The most simple way I can describe anxiety from a mental perspective is when we are either worried about the future or thinking too far ahead in the future or we're stuck in the past. So something that's already going to already has happened or that is going to happen. And in either of those cases, we're not in the present moment. Anxiety um, in a visceral sense is where there's nervous system dysregulation our heart rate goes up, the stress response is triggered, we might have shallow breathing, we might feel that we're shaking or our tummy feels sick, um, we might have to run to the bathroom. Um, and it's a, it's a sense of, um, of I don't feel safe, I'm not safe, I don't feel stable, um, an out-of-body sense 
or out of center is how I would describe it. And a lot of it um, comes from, you know, the mind, the way we perceive things, see things, think about things, our view on what has happened, what will happen. And the emotions behind that then creates a cascade of all of these situ- um, issues in our body or changes in our, phys- um, in our physical body that make us even more worried and unsettled. Yeah, totally. And I love that so much. And I think the only thing that I would even add to that is working with your anxiety rather than against it. How can I work with this anxiety and embrace it and Mm -hmm. understand it? I even go so far as getting my clients to give her a name and we kind of create this whole energy and whole identity of what that anxiety looks like so that we can begin to separate it from the ego to understand that it is not it is not you. It is not yes. your truth and it's not a true representation of your power. And it's really about separating the two to understand, oh, that's just so-and-so coming in to remind me that I need that I want to be safe or that we need to run because there's danger, you know. It's like it's a, it's a biological thing that our body uh, does when it feels like it could be in danger. After what you said before yeah. we move on. Because um, there's some light bulbs going off and anxiety is the main um, stress factor that most of my clients come with. It's a sense of feeling anxious and overwhelmed and unsettled in their body and therefore in their life. And they just feel like they can't get a grip on the things that they truly desire. And I love what you said about separating the, the anxiety from the ego. And it's one of the first things I'm sharing with people or reminding them, or maybe they're hearing it for the first time, is you are not your anxiety. And we've probably heard this and seen this a million times, and I want to say it again. You are not your anxiety. Anxiety is an emotion, which is a part of the spectrum of a million emotions that we have, and it's a part of your experience. You're experiencing anxiety. You are not your anxiety. And even just that acknowledgement, like you said, and the visualisation can help um, help with a sense of hope that this doesn't have to be me forever I don't have to live in this mental landscape forever it's not always going to look like this it's not always going to be like this I can build a sense of inner safety totally and even with um separating it from the ego and like creating a name for it and whatnot another thing another way that you can do this as well in terms of visualizations to do a visualization where you're removing that entire energy out of your body and putting it into the human that it looks like so give your anxiety a form a name like give it what it looks like and then you can even name it miss anxiety or mr anxiety and having a conversation with this part of yourself. So saying, what is it that you need right now? How can mm-hmm. I, how can we, how can we work together for, for you to be at ease and for me not to be spiraling out of control in anxiety? And usually the response is, I need, um, I need to know that I'm safe. I need to, I need some love. I need mm-hmm. to be embraced. And I think what a lot of people do when their anxiety flares up is they get angry at themselves or they try to suppress it. They don't want to look at it. They get annoyed that it that they're experiencing it and they think, what is wrong with me? But there's nothing wrong with you. Or we act on it right? We act on those anxious thoughts, those impulsive thoughts. We text that person and, you know, uh, for the millionth time, or we go back and say that thing, or we 
you know, we act on it. And then when we're talking about energy alignment, balance, when you are acting on your anxiety and you're letting it lead you, we are getting way out of alignment. And that's how I lived a lot of my life. A lot of the relationships I had, even job opportunities I was taking or just ways I would show up in the world. Um, and the messages, man, you know, feeling anxious after leaving a, a, a date or like a friend date, whatever, and then replaying everything over my head and then going, fuck, I said something that could have hurt them. I better message them to make sure that they're okay and I'm okay and all this crazy, yes, you know, overwhelming thoughts and acting on it and then putting your foot in it or creating misalignment in, in your relationships. Um, and so talking back to that anxious voice, I like to call it the healthy adult coming in to speak to, you know, miss anxiety and asking what do you need this is where that self-soothing comes in and that self-regulation. And, and like, like you said before, we learn how to soothe our anxiety or work with it mm-hmm. um, rather than just acting on it or feeling that shame that you mentioned before. What's wrong with me? Why am I experiencing this? Yeah, I think so many people will be able to relate to some of those symptoms that you had. Like I know that <laughs> whenever I experienced anxiety, it was like, oh my gosh, did I say too much? Am I too much? What do you, what if they don't like me? And you start to like play out all of these things, but it also extends out into this huge web of um, a stunted in, in a child really, which is like anxiety, people pleasing, overcompensating, codependency. Like they're all, they're all like, oh, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. all so connected, um, which is why the work is so deep in terms of like looking at the shadow, looking at the inner child, separating mm-hmm. the anxiety from the ego. And yeah, there's there's just so many tangents that we could go on here. And if I can interject here for anyone that is getting anxious, listening to the layers of anxiety and how <laughs> deep it can go, um, dealing with your anxiety gets to be simple. Mm-hmm. not can be simple it gets to be simple and where I like to start with my clients who are experiencing a lot of anxiety is bringing it back to some of the basics you know are you drinking enough water because that's directly linked to your mental health and the function of your brain and your whole body what is your stress management what are your stress management tools like you know when we're anxious our body is stressed it doesn't feel safe So if we learn some simple stress management tools like breathing or some kinesiology stress management tools or learning how to shake the body, you'll be able to instantly start reducing some of these symptoms of anxiety. So yes, there are deep internal layers that um, I believe are really important to our health, our growth, our healing, Um, but there are also really simple um, tools that we can use to go from level 10 anxiety to at least level 7 you know, or even sometimes bringing it right back down to feeling safe, feeling calm, feeling balanced. Totally. And I actually created a whole post on this the other day about just because it's simple doesn't mean that it's not substantial. And I think that's what I saw that was great. Yeah, it's what can stump people so much is because we're looking for this like magic pill, what's going to solve my anxiety, but it's like those tiny little things like connecting with yourself in the morning focusing on your breathing, making sure that you are doing things that are managing your stress that really, truly do make a difference. Although I am going to say, and I know that this won't be all of the listeners, but it will be a few. And I work with some of them where they're like, their anxiety is so intense and so crippling that 
you know, hearing things like drinking water and breathing, they're like, I try that, I do that, which is where, yeah. I think, you know, it, it does get to be easy, but also knowing that if you're trying and doing those things, that the work can run deeper and you are not stuck in that place forever. Like mm-hmm. there's work to be done. There are tools to alleviate anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And when we talk about, you know, anxiety is a state of nervous system dysregulation, when our nervous system is not regulated, meaning it's not balanced, usually that comes from like you're pointing to deeper experiences of trauma or fear or, you know, huge moments of stress. And our nervous system stores all of our history of the good, the bad, the ugly, the pain, the pleasure all of our childhood experiences. And so for those people that you're mentioning, yes, I agree. It's this this balance of doing the deep work to tap into what's stored in your heart, in your nervous system, offering that some healing, offering that a space to be heard and integrated. And that will pave the way for your body to receive the more simple, quote unquote, simple um, tools of meditation or breath work or water. Um, But, you know, if, if you are one of those people Still be proud that you're you are pouring into yourself with those smaller actions, the pouring the teeth, uh, brushing the teeth, pouring the water in, you know, trying to do some breath work. Your body is listening, your body is receiving, and it's a matter of building, slowly building up um, this um, resistance to stress and your ability to cope with stress. And over time, it does pay off. I am living proof of that. Let me tell you, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I'm really curious to know what, why do you think that some people are crippled with anxiety while others are not? Ooh, interesting. I, uh, there, there are a lot of factors from, from my personal experience, from what I've studied and from my perspective on the world. And I would say the deeper it runs, Like I just explained, your nervous system really stores your pain, your pleasure, your trauma. Um, It holds everything. And so for some people, um, they have experienced, can I, I'm just going to say this lightly, more trauma than other people. You know, some people, um, for example, were homeless for a long time in their childhood, didn't get their needs met, where others had a stable home, um, had parents that were really attentive. And so that's going to affect our nervous system, our brain and our emotional resilience as we're growing up. So everybody's personal experience is just different and how the body interprets and handles that stress and that emotional stress and then life is just going to sit on a different scale. Mm. And, you know, so um, we all have the muscle of the nervous system which has the ability to better cope with stress. And it's like someone going to the gym, you know, doing a squat with 50 kilos for the first time versus someone who's been doing it slowly building up over 10 years. There's just going to be a different experience. And when we speak about trauma, we're not even speaking about like huge significant events. It can just be like really minor 
really minor things that have happened where as children we think in su- such absolutes where things are so black and white and we don't have the, we can't understand the nuances that we understand as we are adults we can read between the lines we can understand that it's not just about the words that somebody is saying it's about the context of the whole entire situation we're not able to understand that as children so even just the tiniest smallest event can cause a a huge emotional response in you where you you're someone that needs to cling to safety you're someone that needs to cling to security a a core human need that we all need we need a sense of safety and security in our lives Um, and if we have in our nervous system we have um we have that deep trauma or that emotion that we haven't fully processed in the body my thoughts and in my experience and from what i've studied you're going to be someone who is potentially more on the anxious side. So when it comes to the nervous system, because it's a trendy word at the moment, I don't know if you've noticed across Instagram, there's a lot of people talking about nervous system regulation. Um, and I'm sure that there's people in my audience, especially that are going, what the fuck, what is, what is, what does that even mean? How do I start regulating my nervous system? Um, can you talk us through a little bit of that? Yes, I can. And I'm not um, a guru on it, but it is um, one of my favorite topics to speak about because um, it's deeply rooted in um, the foundational um, practices of kinesiology. And I just have a fascination for it because um, learning more about my nervous system and how to work with it and support it has been a really huge um, positive tool in my mental health journey, my healing journey, in my journey of building inner stability, security and safety. So our nervous system is a huge network of nerve plexus and essentially it helps our whole body communicate with our brain, different parts of our body communicating through the central nervous system, which includes our spine, our spinal cord goes up to the brain and then it comes back out and it helps um, our whole body receive the information that it needs. So just think nervous system equals information. And something I like to say is that your nervous system is a living library. So because it's this huge network of gathering, storing, and expressing information, it also has the ability to store lots of um, our history. So like I mentioned before, the nervous system stores your pain, your pleasure, your trauma. Um, It's also how we can learn new skills and record that information. You know, so I'm sure all of us have driven somewhere while we're doing other things that we probably shouldn't be doing, like putting on your makeup, maybe being on your phone or drinking a coffee, and then you arrive to your destination, you go, how the hell did I get there, right? Um, We're on autopilot because that program of how to drive has been stored in our nervous system and all the subconscious mind. So with this nervous system, um, one of the main roles that it it, uh, one of the main functions in our body and in our daily life is to help regulate the body and helping it come to back to a state of homeostasis. So homeostasis essentially is balance. So we've got all these wonderful systems in our body that help us come back into balance so we can have um, a healthy well-being, a healthy sense of living. The nervous system takes a lot of information in through our senses, right? So our skin, our taste, our smell, our hearing, and our sight. And then I also like to say our higher senses, you know, that sixth sense of when you walk into a room and you might feel something's a bit funky and the hair on the back of your neck stands up. 
So our these sensors are gathering information all the time. They're interpreted, uh, interpreted by the nervous system and then it spits out a response saying, hey, it's cold in this room. You need to, the muscles need to contract or we need to shiver a little bit so we can warm up the body to, to get us into a regulated state. So our nervous system essentially is helping us to adjust to every different moment and environment or conversation to find a safe middle ground, right, to find balance. So when we're experiencing anxiety, our nervous system is in a state of fight, flight, or freeze, or withdrawal, or, or stress. It's not regulated. It's not balanced. It's like, oh, my God, this is happening or could happen and something could happen 10 years from now. That could be really scary. And so imagine there's a scale in front of you. We've got a center point, and then we've got far left and far right. Homeostasis, which our body is always working in our favor to, towards, is in the middle. When we're anxious, we're way off to one side of that scale. So when you do, um, when you use tools that help you self-regulate or regulate your nervous system, we're moving from that far side of the scale back into balance. We're, we're actually getting involved in the process of homeostasis or regulation by using our senses, by using the breath. Sometimes it's by using smell through aromatherapy. Sometimes it's by using the mind to say, you know, different affirmations. It's about actively getting involved to calm yourself down. And sometimes our nervous system needs this support because the stress, the trauma, the trigger, the anxiety can be too overwhelming for our body to regulate on its own. Because like an elastic band, it can almost lose its elasticity or become too rigid or too loose if we've experienced a lot of trauma. Mm. Does that make sense? I've got a few layers here. Yeah, there's a there's definitely a lot going on there and I've got so many questions. Um, but keeping it, I guess, like really basic and tangible for the listener today. So we've got this, this nervous system that is always looking to reach a level of homeostasis for us to operate and function every single day and live our best life. Like that's its goal, right? Yeah. Oh, keep us healthy, yeah. keep us safe and keep us adapting um, to the circumstances we're in so we can find, a, so we can survive essentially. Okay. And so what does a dysregulated nervous system look like? How could someone, so, if, if their nervous system yeah. is dysregulated? Dis- so if I was to yeah paraphrase essentially you know it's the the scale is I'm losing my shit I'm freaking the fuck out I feel really anxious or unsafe or really down and depressed and stuck compared to I feel safe calm balanced I've got my shit together I'm okay right one is the dysregulated nervous system and the other one is balance or homeostasis Mm -hmm. So what can it feel like viscerally in the body is when you notice your heart rate accelerating and your heart pumping out of your chest, Mm -hmm. your breath becomes short and sharp. Um, You can feel a tenseness in your shoulders or your jaw, your body is freezing up. You might feel a a big um, wave of cortisol and adrenaline. You've got all this energy to fight or run. 
You might, like me, mine goes to my gut, right? When I'm really nervous, I get knots in my stomach, my legs start shaking, and I have to do a nervous diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) In the mind, it can look like we freeze and we go blank or we become overwhelmed and the mind starts to spiral in all of these, um, you know, lots of different thoughts pumping in. So that us uh, th- that's some examples of a dysregulated nervous system when we're talking about anxiety. Yeah. Okay. And what would you say for um, because it, you know somebody can feel quite normal and then all of a sudden they're just like it's like this weight of anxiety has just like struck them like a fucking lightning bolt. So what is actually going on when we are feeling quite normal and then all of a sudden we are spiraling into this panic of like, oh my God, did I make a mistake? What is she saying about me? Um, And all of like these spiraling thoughts about things that you could have done or that might happen. Yep. Um, This is not conclusive, but this is one example that I would use that feels like I could best answer this question. So there's a trigger, right? So something's triggered you. Something's triggered your mind or your body to have that kind of response where, say, for me, my heart starts racing, the thoughts start racing, the doubt creeps in, and my gut is in a knot. Mm. So there's something has triggered. So it could be a comment um, from a friend or a family member, you know, love you, but, you know, a little bit triggering. And it's kind of like they've hit that button or they've hit that sore spot in your memory, in your nervous system that's got a whole um, file of every time this has happened and every time you felt unsafe or embarrassed or started doubting yourself and all those trigger points and the way your body responds come up to the surface, right? So we're activated now. The body usually goes into a stress response of fight, flight, freeze, and so on. Um, and so our mood changes, our behavior changes. For me, I often go really internal and I'm, my, I'm looking calm on the outside, but my heart's racing, I feel sick in my tummy and my, my mind is just going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. So that answers the part of, you know, what is happening. There's a part in your, there's a book in your library that's been triggered and there's a lot of information, a lot of evidence from what your past experiences are that are now all coming up through, to the surface and they're being expressed through your body and through your mind. And your body will be trying to do what it can to bring you back to balance. But sometimes those emotions and that trigger and the history attached to it is too overwhelming and it floods the system just like a computer. And that's when to help us become healthy adults and to help us reduce these um, the way that anxiety affects our life is where we actually can step in with some of these tools we're talking about and help our nervous system get back to balance or like a crying baby, pick them up and hug them and nurture them back to a place of calm. Mm -hmm. And I love so much that we've touched on this point because it's like, it's almost like the first step in the process of really trying to understand, befriend and know your anxiety is like you don't know what you don't know so becoming aware so in those moments where your anxiety is heightened as you just mentioned you've hit a pain point a trigger where your nervous system holds all of this information about something that really scares the fuck out of you that your body goes oh god we're we're in danger here like let's we we might be rejected we might die and it starts to create all of these stories but 
I think the the very first step if you're if you are experiencing severe anxiety is to like literally pull up notes on your phone and label it triggers and any time that you feel that sense of heightened anxiety write down what's happened and write down Mm. the stories that you were telling yourself about what has happened so like for example um you know some maybe someone is taking like two hours to reply to your text message what is the story that you are telling yourself about the trigger when it comes up so for example you don't get that reply is the story they don't like me I've done something wrong. I've said something. And that's kind of like when we start to spiral out of control, when in reality that person might just be having a massage or at the gym or just doing something and they'll get back to you. And the first step is literally just that awareness where we are writing down what the trigger was, the story that we are telling ourselves about that trigger, and then noticing the pattern to see what is this pain point. And I would add to that beautifully. So you're noticing the trigger, you're noticing the story I'm telling myself is. And what I would add to that is what is happening in my body? Mm. What am I noticing is happening in my body or what does this feel like in my body? So you might list, oh, my heart's actually racing. My chest feels tight. I've got the nervous poo coming again, (laughs) Um, you know, and um, my mouth feels really dry. And when we combine that first and most powerful step of awareness, that helps in the separating I am anxiety to I'm experiencing anxiety. This is that pattern. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, you know, we like there's so many beliefs that are stacked underneath the stories that we tell ourselves. So like it, it really comes down to um, our self-image at the end of the day, it always does. And how we view ourselves and what we believe that we are worthy of in terms of like, hypothetically, someone hasn't replied to your text. You're telling yourself these stories. What are you making that mean about yourself? What is the belief that this is providing evidence to you that it's reinforcing that loop, you know? So it's like, I'm not good enough. I always fuck up. I'm a failure. La, 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 la. These are the the core deep beliefs that we tell ourselves that are very damaging. And this is where the really deep work can kind of take place if you really, really want to understand your anxiety. What I would add to that as well is, um, and this might happen in the moment, this process that we're speaking about, or you might find that it's more helpful to you once you're out of that moment of anxiety that you revisit and you revisit with the lens of awareness And you reflect when you're a little more calm and you go, what were the stories I was telling myself? How did it feel in my body? What did I make that mean about me? And then I would add another layer if you like to, which is really helpful to me, is how do I behave? When I'm I'm telling myself those stories and that's what I'm believing about myself because she didn't write back, then how do I behave? And noticing those behaviours, you know, so for me it was impulsive. I would send another text <laughs> checking in, you know, I'll find no, some bullshit, bullshit way around like, oh, hey, just checking. I just remembered just to, to get that um, reassurance, you know, because essentially in all of this in anxiety, what I feel from my personal experience is when I feel anxious, what I'm really looking for at the core root is safety and security. I'm looking to feel safe. I'm looking to feel secure. And um, what I would like to share with you, if you don't know yet, is you can build that sense of inner safety and security from within. And it may be through therapy, through kinesiology, through coaching. 
and through this self-regulation practice that we're talking about. But you can access and build that within and sometimes it takes a long time and other times it can happen really quickly for, for some people. Totally. So I know that... Um... I know that you do have to go kind of soon. So I want to get practical for our listeners and give them some really tangible tips that they can take away from this podcast in terms of how to manage their nervous system and how to regulate themselves when they are feeling hyper-stressed, hyper-anxious. Like what can they do like today that will start mm-hmm. to make a difference? Yeah, Um I would, su- I would suggest if you're experiencing anxiety daily, reach out to someone, right? A counsellor, a therapist, a coach, a kinesiologist. Invite someone on your team that can help you start to build that sense of safety in that connection with you together. They're going to have tools and insights that you might not have yet that will really help you to feel a lot more held in this journey. Then if we're going into the lane of on your own, I really love that practice that Alex, you just shared starting to just notice, notice, fuck, this is anxiety right now. This is that woman with pink hair named Miss Anxiety coming up. How does it feel? Ask yourself the questions. How does this feel in my body? What is happening in my mind and how am I behaving? And even if you just stop there for a week and you're still experiencing the same amount of anxiety but you become more aware of it, the awareness will open the door to change, to choice. Now that I'm aware that my heart is beating so fast and I'm breathing really shallow, I can make a different choice. I can offer my body something. So awareness is step one. Step two would be to, um, as a practical tool, placing your hand somewhere on your body when you're feeling and experiencing this anxiety with a sense of comfort. So right now I've got my hand over my heart with quite a firm pressure. And begin to breathe a little slower. The breath instantly helps to change the information going to your nervous system. And if it's a slow, calm breath, the information you're telling your body is I'm safe. It's okay for me to calm down. Then I would incorporate the mind. Tell your body I am safe. It's okay. This is a passing moment. It will end. And there is a bunch of great stress management kinesiology tools that are all over my Instagram that you could grab today and use, but I'll save that for there instead of trying to explain it here. But essentially build your awareness, connect to your body in a compassionate, loving way, slow down your breathing. And something else that's really helpful if you can't um, is reach out to somebody someone that you feel safe with to say, hey, I'm experiencing anxiety. Can I just tell you what's going through my mind right now? I just need you to listen just to help me calm down and get this out of my brain. And if you're alone and you can't do that, journal. Right now I'm feeling in my body. Right now my mind is telling me. Right now I'm feeling so scared because. And again, what you're doing by sharing it with either a page or saying it out loud or with a friend is separating from that experience. And when we separate and it's over there on the piece of paper and I'm over here and I'm looking at it in that space between, again, we create opportunity to make a different choice or to offer ourselves something different. Mm, Beautifully said. 
I love all of that so much. And I think the key, the key thing here that I just want to highlight again is it's not about getting rid of your anxiety or like, you know, like a, of course we want we don't we want to relieve it we don't want to feel it it's an uncomfortable emotion but i think something for people to understand is like it's about working with it and understanding it getting to know it like you would a friend um just in the sense of like understanding the thoughts the processes that are going going on inside you inside of your body naming her or reaching out to somebody to tell them what you're experiencing. I think the sooner that we can just sort of like accept it and to um, allow ourselves to move through these motions and the less we try to suppress and push away, the more we're going to find relief is sort yes. of the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. I agree with you. You know, anxiety can either be a huge tsunami sized wave that just washes over you completely or we can offer ourselves these tools essentially that help us if in the most simple form, calm down, calm your fucking farm, <laughs> where that huge wave becomes a small wave that just brushes past our, um, our knees. And it's cold and it rattles us a little bit, but then we know the wave goes back out and we're okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, it's working with anxiety or any form of stress response in the body Um, is like working to build a muscle every time we experience it and we offer ourselves um, something that makes us feel safe, nurtured and calm. For some people, it's the breathing. For other people, it's curling up in a ball for a few minutes and hugging yourself. Yeah. You know, for other people, it's a math, it's a 20 second hug that releases oxytocin that makes us feel okay with someone they love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as you build that muscle in the face of anxiety and stress, your resilience to handle stress, overwhelming thoughts and emotion gets stronger. So those waves become smaller with time. Mm, so beautiful. And I think everything in personal development or or when it comes to mental health, I, in my opinion, in my experience and my take on it, is it always comes back to this concept of self-love, self-compassion and having empathy and allowing yourself to experience these things, but knowing that you're held by yourself, you know, and part of the piece of, you know, reaching out to someone to tell them what you're experiencing is we all need someone to hold space for us. And if we don't have that, journaling is such a beautiful practice to understand your own thoughts, to get get the, the feelings out of you so that you're not just experiencing your internal world on your mm. own. Yeah. So yes. all such beautiful tips and tricks. The If I can end on one note in my very Michelle way of keeping it very real and grounded and blunt is that um, stress is a part of life. Life can be very chaotic. Shit just fucking happens in life. We're going to experience stress. We're going to experience things that really fucking rattle us. It's just a part of life, but it doesn't have to take over our life. So learning stress management tools, self-soothing tools, how to breathe, how to calm yourself down is really going to change the way that you experience life, knowing that stress is a part of it. Right. So it's a tool. It's a vital tool that really I believe we should all have so that when these waves of shit 
come in life, you know, it doesn't have to affect us or ruin us forever. It's just a hurdle. It's just a stepping stone. And we have the confidence to go, I know I can handle this. Um, And my last little thing is, you know, for, for people who are crippled by anxiety, I forgot to say this before, my personal mantra that's helped me so much through my journey is you cannot get out of your head through your head. For someone like me, my ang- the anxiety I was experiencing and the way my brain was wired was too powerful for me to think my way out of it or affirmation my way out of it. And so the opposite, the pathway, the tool for me was get out of your head by getting into your body. And this is the core for me around nervous system regulation, self-soothing. Get out of your head by getting into the body. How do we get into the body? Through the breath, through sight, through sound, through shaking, moving, dancing, jumping. And once we're in the body, we're a little more grounded. We're sending different messages to our nervous system. We're a little more present. And that whole time, the mind is starting to calm down and actually follow the body instead of the body following the mind, which can be sometimes a scary, dark, dangerous place. (laughs) Absolutely. And such a beautiful point as well is like, there's so much wisdom in our bodies and like moving energy, even just that is a beautiful, powerful practice. So thank you so much, Michelle. Uh, that was awesome such a great chat to have thank you for sharing I learned lots of things from you as well it was great to hear your take on everything it's so nice to to kind of bounce ideas around as well and just like share your insights because I think it's all so relevant and you know for anyone who is dealing with anxiety I was once an anxious ball of mess you know like I would jump to all sorts of conclusions and scenarios all the time and it was so crippling but I'm living proof that I to be honest I I don't really face much anxiety anymore I might I might catch waves of it but through owning and accepting and loving and embracing that part of myself to know that I'm held and know that you know the path is to be gentle with myself and to move through these practices you notice that you notice huge shifts and changes so yeah absolutely well done so where can people find you if they want to book in a session so if you want to work with me one-on-one where we learn how to we learn about your state of your nervous system and how to work with it and lots of other healing elements um you can book a session with me through my insta which is inner guidance underscore kinesiology and another great way to just try these tools out for free is on one of my saturday sessions which is a live guided kinesiology practice where we go through all of these tools every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. Beautiful. I will link all the details below. Um, like I said, I am one of Michelle's clients, so I can I can vouch that she is seriously just so amazing at what she does and you're just your connection to, to like energy is just very beautiful. I always feel so amazing <laughs> after our sessions, so... Thank you, Alex. I'm really grateful for Thank you for saying that. It's really lovely. Well, have an awesome day and I'll see you soon.